Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this episode is brought to you by alienware during dell tech fest score game-changing innovations with limited time deals on select next-gen alienware gaming tech new dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the alienware m18 laptop powered by an intel core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals liquid cooling three-dimensional audio with dolby atmos and impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware Deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So, what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device, subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See ATT.com slash Samsung for details. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt Frederick. You auto-tuned there, Matt? My name is Noel. It sounded great. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, all Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. It is time, yet again, for our weekly listener mail segment. We are traveling internationally. We are traveling chronologically. Uh, we do want to give a heads up to everybody in the crowd today. Uh, there is going to be uh, one one part of this week's segment that does uh, focus on some pretty dark and disturbing things. 
Uh, we'll have another disclaimer. I'll make sure to have one at the top before we get to that story. Uh, but just know that we are we are going to a lot of uh, strange places today, and uh, we thought that uh, we would we thought we would ease into this uh, with an update on a story that has been followed very closely in Canada, followed in the United States, the world abroad, but followed especially closely in the United Kingdom. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Hey, sorry about uh, the the weird auto tune there, Noel. I was trying to do a silly setup with the uh, melody to a song that had to do with your topic. Oh, Royals. We can never be. <laughs> and it's true. We can't. You can't have either born into it or you marry into it. Um, like uh, Meghan Markle did uh, and hasn't had the best experience, it turns out, with the, the royal family and what uh, is referred to behind closed doors and in uh, royal watcher circles, that's the thing, as the firm, um, but not the John Grisham book or, or, or uh, uh, Tom Cruise movie of the same name. The firm is a term that is used to refer to the royal family all of its institutions, its liaisons, its page boys, and whatever, all the stuff that it takes to make that machine go is is the firm. Um, and yeah, the story Ben is mentioning, of course, is the Oprah Winfrey interview with Meghan and Prince Harry. And it was pretty juicy stuff. Uh, some real tell-all moments in, in that interview. And in particular, the thing that we're going to talk about today um, was hipped to us by a listener who wrote in uh, by the name of Rosie the Lean Bean Vegan Machine. That's her name. At least that's what she has to go by. And this just goes to show that if you call in or, or send us an email uh, and, and you want to be on listener mail, um, we will call you literally whatever you want. So here we go. And it's a pretty long email. I'm going to try to uh, abridge it a bit on the fly here. Um, last week, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry dropped the biggest bomb expose in an interview with Oprah Winfrey about their experiences with the royal family and the institution, also known as the firm. Uh, it's no secret that they prioritize public image, they being the family, and the crown rather than addressing family drama or internal conflicts. What does that sound like to you guys? It sounds to me just like family in general, but this is obviously on a much larger and more clandestine scale. Um they, uh, it's no secret they prioritize public image and the crown rather than addressing family drama or internal conflicts. But there's so much that slowly comes back to haunt them uh, later on regardless. There's a show on Netflix called The Crown. I'm sure many folks are uh, fans of that. I, I haven't seen it personally, um, but I'm very much aware of it and I'm considering giving it a shot. Uh, but it's about the royal family, of course, and it is inspired by many real life events that actually happened throughout the history of the royal family. And one particular event that stood out to me when Princess Margaret finally wanted to address her internal conflicts, depression, uh, and decided to go to therapy. In therapy, she finds out that mental health is very stigmatized for royal family members. And she even finds out that her distant cousins, who had been born with mental health issues and had been publicly declared dead uh, decades before, were in fact very much alive and had been kept secretly away in a mental institution. Um, this is a real-life event. Time this back to Megan's interview. There's so much to unpack there, but it saddens me that we are in 2021, and mental health is still stigmatized in so many parts of the world. Um, she claims that she was at one point suicidal and asked their HR department, I think it's comical that uh, the idea of the royal family having an HR department, but I guess they must, um, for help. 
and she was denied help because she was not a, quote, paid employee by the firm. She's definitely not the first, not the last royal family member that will have mental health concerns, and the firm's history of how they handle this uh, is definitely questionable and concerning. And then she goes into talking about Princess Diana's kind of treatment uh, in terms of the way she was kind of stigmatized within the family uh, for her own personal struggles with bulimia and mental health issues uh, like depression. Um, And then ultimately she, you know, obviously tragically uh, was killed in that car accident where there are many, many questions as to how that happened. There's a whole episode of stuff they don't want you to know devoted to that alone. Um, But living in the public eye like that, you know, the way she was and being kind of thrown under the bus uh, by the royal family certainly seems to have been something that maybe led to the tragic events of her passing. Uh, stay safe and keep up the amazing work. Also, thanks for keeping me sane at work. I work in accounting, and when I say you guys are the highlights, yes, the highlights, I binge your podcast throughout my days. I mean it. Um, so thank you, Rosie. Uh, thanks, the lean, lean bean. Vegan machine, yes. Uh, really, truly so much to unpack here, because we've talked about this off air, and I think we all have varying degrees of um, suspicion around institutions like the Royal family. Um, and I just think, you know, British politics in general is a little sketchy and strange. There's a lot of old money, a lot of secrets and a lot of, you know, kind of subterfuge. Um, and the story she talks about is in fact, very much true. It's the the story of queen Elizabeth's cousins, um, who were hidden away, uh, there's a great article on Esquire if you want to hear about the real life story behind the crown season four, um, plot line. Um, I highly recommend it by Adrian Westenfeld called the queen's hidden cousins are part of a shameful chapter in Royal history. But yeah. Um, what did you guys make of this interview or, or the bits, you know, that kind of made the, the news, uh, is this important? Is this all kind of duh or, or what do you, what do you think? Duh, in what sense? Duh, like this is obviously the the case, you know, that they've been, you know, uh, not treating people with mental health conditions correctly and that it's all kind of about the image of the family. And it's all, I mean, even the existence of the family seems to be largely a uh, PR kind of situation at this point, being these figureheads. The term figureheads to me just implies absolutely just trotting them out for ceremonial purposes to keep all the old money types happy uh, and make them feel like they still live in some semblance of a monarchy um, when it's really, you know, it's kind of something else. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But like, do you think there were any big aha moments or what, what, what was your takeaway? So uh, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to distill what you just said down into the da. So the, so what the, uh, what I would say then, and I don't know if I'm answering, I don't know, exactly if I'm answering the question, but what I would say is the first thing to realize is that the aristo-monarchical system of the United Kingdom is uh, masterful at controlling public narrative. And if, like, if you see scandals reported in the tabloids, they're the scandals that that system, that firm wants you to hear. That's what they want you to be outraged about. Uh, that's why you're not going to see a ton of people in the BBC saying, hey, if Prince Andrew was any other person, wouldn't he be in jail? The answer is, of course, inarguably, yes. Uh, this, this, like many institutions, um, this is not 
this part's not a ding on the royal family. Like many institutions, uh, its number one goal is to ensure its further existence and to extend, when possible, its control. Uh, and one of the one of the spheres that the that system that institution very much controls is the sphere of public information, uh, the sphere of media. Um, we know scandal aplenty in this particular institution because uh, those stories eventually come out, um, unfortunately, posthumously for the people who are victims of these kind of things. You know, like the stereotype of the locked away family member mm-hmm. is is very much real, but it doesn't come out in time to help those individuals because that's the thing, just to finish, that's the thing people keep forgetting is that the uh, the members of these, uh, we're, we're on a dead press kick. Uh, when the smoke and camera disappears, they're, they're just other people, you know? So they want to have this managed idea and often hold people to unrealistic standards. There should not be a stigma about discussing mental health. Yes, absolutely. And to your point about the kind of trope about the locked away royal, you know, family members that w- would have been shame shaming upon the family uh, if if they were revealed to have had you know some sort of condition like this. I mean, that story from the Crown is absolutely true. The two of the Queen's first cousins had these developmental disabilities and were in fact hidden away in a uh, very uh, problematic institution called Royal Arrowswood Hospital. Um, and it was uh, criticized for having lots of sanitation problems and, and overcrowding issues like that. Again, you can read more about that in that article, uh, or there's also a channel four documentary. Um, yeah. I'm always, I'm always interested in like the difference. So channel four isn't government subsidized, whereas the BBC is. So I'm wondering if uh, the fact that it's not BBC allows them to do stuff like this, but it's called The Queen's Hidden Cousins. And that's a documentary that aired in 2011. Um, But Matt, how about you? I don't know that you're a particular like royal watcher nut, but I mean, it's all super fascinating, I think, for all of us, especially given the research we've done on this kind of stuff in the past. Like, is the royal family still secretly in charge of the, the U.S. and things like that? Uh, No, I I have to be honest. I feel like I don't have all of the info to even like be in this discussion. Can you can you guys just give me kind of the exact rundown on what occurred or what was said or alleged during that Meghan Merkel interview? Totally. I mean, it's sort of twofold, Ben, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a big part of it was that she, like Princess Diana, sought mental health assistance and was stonewalled, essentially. It's a big part of it. Uh, There's also... A uh, that was symptomatic of a larger problem, which would have been seen as, uh, you know, it's bullying, discrimination running rampant. Uh, the way the snippets are reported, of course, it's going to focus on the bite-sized things that can fit into a five-minute piece, right, on the evening news or the morning shows. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, allegations of intense racism, of of kind of uh, othering the cold shoulder, right? Like you're you're good advertising for this regime, but you are not really one of us. Um, Got you. That, so that's part of the uh, the idea, an idea that was explored in a much more uh, lighthearted and much more fictional, thankfully, way in the John Goodman film King Ralph. So yes. thank you to the folks who reached out to me, Ben Bolin, HSW on Twitter, to let me know that 
King Ralph is the name of the film. And the reason I was calling it Duke of Earl is because there's a heartwarming musical number in there. Oh, yeah. Got it. And it was the first time I ever heard the name of the uh, British delicacy Spotted Dick. Uh, there's, a, there's a very uh, sort of, you know, raunchy joke made out of that in the movie. But it is a thing. It's got like raisins in it. It's some kind of like bread pudding situation. So that's the that's kind of the gist of the the interview. But there are other things explored there. And I would say that we know we being the people who are not in the royal family nor in that um in the relationship uh between uh Harry and Meghan Markle um it seems that they're taking it seriously because uh and they they do mean this because prince harry was just just got a new job uh chief impact officer at a mental health company called better up so this may be at least in the battle of public opinion uh, this this may be another indication that they will work to destigmatize uh, mental health or the, the the conversation surrounding mental health in the future, and that's something I for one applaud. Hmm. That's great. Yeah, I, the situation was Meghan Merkel was a actor, right? Correct. I, I, I'm so sorry for not knowing all, all these no, details. No, guys. like I said, I mean, it really is a niche kind of part of news. It doesn't affect us as a country very much at all because it is just such like a total total almost like charade uh, that is, you know, uh, like a soap opera happening before the very eyes of, of the British public. And certainly there are folks that get into that and, and, and really pay close attention to it. But it ultimately doesn't amount to a hell of a lot in terms of like policy or anything real because these folks are essentially powerless in terms of the way the government runs, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I just... I would say it's a good thing that it's being addressed. I'm glad that it's being spoken about. I'm glad there are moves being taken uh, by one of them to like head up part of a part of an organization that's going to assist with mental health in one way or another, even if it's for profit. Sure. Um, it, it's it is not strange that bringing someone into the royal family that was so very much outside of that life cause some ripples within that institution right mm -hmm. that's not weird that's should have been expected i think to some extent um but i perhaps it, it, it wasn't uh they didn't think it would occur to such an extent maybe yeah um and, and ben I'm you're talking about bullying so like would yeah. that have been I mean, I know the racist comment was something, you know, Meghan Markle is of mixed race. And there was a comment that they acknowledged in this interview that uh, there were there were concerns from, you know, the, the royal family that their children would be too, quote unquote, dark looking. Um, so just just the fact they're actually speaking out of school like this, I'm sure it's causing a huge hubbub within that firm. Right. But uh, it, and it seems to be of value. But the reason I said the duh thing is like, well, of course, they're racist and weird. <laughs> In the uh, old school. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's what I was getting at. I got it. Yeah. Well, I I feel so first off, I'm I'm probably more on your side with this, Matt. I don't um I understand that stories of celebrities and individuals you will never meet uh sell a lot of papers, right? They sell a lot of ad dollars. Uh they're they're good for companies. I don't know how much good celebrity worship does for the world. Uh I do I but I'm also torn because you know these are two people that I'll probably never meet 
who definitely had a terrible experience with their family and they don't seem like horrible people. They seem like they are just trying to make sure that they can give their kid a decent life, which is something I think we can all get behind. Uh, but the the other issue here is that this kind of this kind of idolization of people for nothing other than the genetic accident of their birth uh, is to me uh, it's a very disappointing thing about the human species. Like every time I hear somebody refer to um, or, or kind of like we live kind of vicariously, right? Through these these figures in the media. Mm-hmm. And every time I hear somebody refer to a celebrity or the musician they love because they feel like they have a personal connection, then I'm wondering, you know, how much of that time could have been dedicated to to other things that help everybody. And yes, there's theater about it. And yes, there's performance about it. And I would say in this case, it's incredibly important because we're talking, like, as you said, Noel, about the stigma of mental health. This person needed help, not just from one of the most powerful, arguably corrupt institutions in the world, historically speaking, but was a member of that institution and was denied that. So in this, it was not like a sit around the kitchen table, tally up the monthly budget and say, we can't afford a therapist this month. This was very much not the case. This was just refusing to help. Yeah. You know whose opinion we need right now? John. You know. (laughs) Jonathan Strickland? Jaw rules. Where's Jaw? Uh, where is Jaw to weigh in on where this? Is ja? uh, or the, Jonathan? I mean, he's into the royal stuff. He follows that stuff pretty closely. He does actually. I bet he does. Actually, I believe you're correct. But the the other thing here, to your point, Noel, that you raised, that I think is really important. Asking about how much influence over policy, the royal family, and and, and its connected tribal system controls, like like how much influence do they have? Rather, the problem there with the UK, and and of course, uh, the US has a lot of these problems as well, is that a huge swath of companies that are ostensibly private companies, a huge swath of real estate, a huge swath of the economy is owned by people who just got it from inheritance due to these familial connections, rather than, I would say, any sort of meritocratic qualifications. So, while the laws, like there are laws in the UK that say um, the crown or the or the queen, in this case, has the ability to do some things with the understanding that she actually won't. That's a really weird way to write a law first, um, or a, a weird understanding. But the, the other thing is, you don't need to have explicit legal control of government processes if you have explicit control of so much private industry and so much of the economy, you know what I mean? Like you don't, people in the house of commons can say all kinds of things, you know what I mean? And I hope, I hope it helps their political career, but that's not the same thing as having so much control over the economy. And maybe I'm being too cynical. I mean, tell me if I am, but it just, it stinks because it feels like these are three because they have a kid feels like these are three generally good people who have been put in a really bad situation. I completely agree. And it's it's through no fault of their own in the same way that folks who are born into that world uh, often get 
you know, opportunities that they don't necessarily qualify for. Uh, and it's hard to, I don't know, like, do you, do you ding them for that? Um, I think that's an issue where it's like, you know, oh, you're getting this level of influence because of no other reason than you were born into this situation. And it doesn't mean that you are qualified for it or that you actually worked for it. Um, so at least thankfully we don't have pure monarchies like that anymore, or at least, you know, in in this part of the world. Um, but I don't know, man, it's interesting. It does your, I agree with you. It seems like they are really good people and they're using in the same way that Diana did, you know, Diana was a huge humanitarian and used her platform to, you know, um, help less fortunate people. And I applaud that, you know, you're given that boon, you're given that like leg up, use that leg up and for something, uh, positive. And I, th- I, I think I, I applaud that. Um, so it does seem like they are using this opportunity to point out and shed some light on some things that we probably already knew were happening, but it might cause a reckoning, uh, that could actually, you know, bring about some change. But I guess my point is the reason I'm so cynical about this is like, who cares? What do they actually do? What do they actually accomplish? Is there any actual impact to what members of the royal family do in terms of the country, listeners from the UK, please let, let let me know. Let us know. I might be being completely naive about that because certainly there's the potential for uh, backdoor dealings and, and backdoor, you know, influence. But to me, it always has struck me as such a symbolic thing that I've never been overly concerned about it outside of just the drama uh, and the fun that comes along with you know watching that. So on that note, I don't really have anything else to add. If you unless you guys do, we could we could hop into a, a sponsor break. Let's do it. Let's all enjoy a Royale with cheese. Yes, I think that's indeed. how they call it. In Brought France. to you by Ja Rule. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then... You found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life. And you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. And we are back. Now we are jumping over to a message we got from Buddy. Buddy emailed us and he said, I've been told this story a few times by other conspiracy realists. He says, are you familiar with the story of the Gulf Breeze 6? It was six intelligence operatives with high-level security clearances stationed in Germany, and they went AWOL, uh, which means they they left, basically. They ghosted. Uh, they turn up a week later in Gulf Breeze, Florida. What happens in that week is super strange. I'm talking prophecies, Ouija boards, busted taillights, and the second coming of Jesus. Hmm. Hope you all can look into this one. And that's that's how Buddy finished. Uh, wow, Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is this funny. This is one that um, I had heard of a while back, but I couldn't remember. You know, how something's kind of on your tip of your tongue. You could say my specific memories of it went absent without leave. Right? They went AWOL. Oh, yeah. But, AWOL. Uh, but what's going on here, Matt? Well, what's going on is an amazing story. And I can't wait for us to tell you about it and for you to know about it and then for you to talk about it the next time you're hanging hanging with somebody else because it's just a fun story. Uh, I've got th- three specific news stories from the 90s that we're going to go through. Um, Noel, you've got the first one. It's from the New York Times. If you can just uh, read us what was happening. I sure can. Uh, six soldiers found in Florida AWOL from U.S. Spy Unit by Eric Schmidt Special to the New York Times. That's nice. Special reporter, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So it goes like this. I'll kind of give you a little bit of an abridgment, but um, give you the highlights. Six soldiers missing from an Army intelligence unit at a sensitive national security agency eavesdropping post in West Germany have been apprehended in Florida and are the focus of a routine counter-espionage investigation, the Pentagon said today. Uh, No arrests at this point. The Army said there was no evidence to suggest the soldiers were, in fact, spies. Um, and a three-week-old Army regulation, this is very new at the time, uh, that Army personnel with access to classified information be detained immediately uh, if they extend their leave without permission. 
Okay. And then here's a quote from uh, Pentagon spokesperson Bob Hall. The Army says it does not appear to be an espionage case, but they have to make a counterintelligence investigation. That's standard procedure. Uh, and then on the West Germany side, investigators have been told that the six belong to a group called the End of the World. Uh, but Pentagon officials said they know nothing about this group or whether it has any bearing on the case whatsoever. Uh, and then the Pentagon said the two of the soldiers went on authorized leave from the 701st Military Intelligence Brigade at Augsburg, West Germany, two weeks prior uh, to the story and never returned. At the same time, two other soldiers from the unit vanished, and officials had suspected that two additional soldiers who were on leave would not return. Yeah, so, dude, this is crazy stuff. So this here's what you need to know. There were six soldiers. These are the six soldiers we're mentioning here. They went missing from an Army intelligence unit at a sensitive national security agency eavesdropping post in West Germany. And this, this is important. Of course, the NSA is tight in terms of security. Uh, these folks at the 701st Military Intelligence Brigade would be working with the NSA, but not necessarily National Security Agency themselves. I think it's also very important to point out these people who lit out for the territories, as Mark Twain would say, were also very uh, relatively young, the oldest being around uh, 26 years old. So they had not, um, did not necessarily had like decades long careers. This isn't the same thing as somebody with 20 years in the organization or in the government deciding to fly the coop. And despite their planning, you know, despite the clearly premeditated way that they phased their desertion or going AWOL, uh, they were caught. Yes, they were caught because the authorities found them riding around in a van that had a taillight out and they just, you know, a local officer just happened to check their plates and found out that they went back to one of the missing intelligence officers. Then they ended up following them to an apartment where upon bursting into said apartment, they found $4,000 in cash. And in 1990, that's quite a bit of money and it's not crazy, but it's quite a bit of money to have on hand. Especially um, when you consider the income of a younger person in the yep, military. Exactly. Then all six got flown to Fort Benning, and that's where this story ends. Uh, and then UPI comes in with another story, which is an update from just a little while, about 10 days, I think, after this initial article was written. That's right. Yeah. The uh, July 28th, 1990 story from UPI notes that the accusations were upgraded from going AWOL to full-on desertion. They were discharged from their military obligation, as Major Joseph Albert said. Uh, and also in the course of the investigation, it was revealed that while they were at that post in West Germany, they had told friends they were leaving for a reason together. You see, they had an appointment this group calling itself the end of the world, their appointment was with none other than Jesus Christ, who had returned. <laughs> and uh, the, he was also, in his time since, uh, since the crucifixion and the resurrection, uh, he had gotten really deep into UFOs. And that was one of the things that the uh, end of the world uh, six from the 701st were going to go talk to him about. 
um, maybe in Gulf Breeze, maybe maybe somewhere else. Maybe that's just where they met up to go meet up with Jesus. <laughs> exactly. And so the important here to note is that these intelligence agents or these intelligence officers were all into cryptography. That was one of their major specialties, which is kind of interesting, right? Leading you down twisted pathways to discover secret truths hidden in codes. Really, really interesting stuff. Well, it's fascinating to know that these people that have to be intelligent to one high level or another, just to be in this field and to operate at these levels, they at least told their friends that the end of the world was coming, as you know, as was mentioned by their their name. Jesus was going to be there, and he was specifically going to be on Pensacola Beach. Mm, which is just up the way from Gulf Breeze, right? Exactly. Not, not the same, but it's just up the way. Oh, and I do want to point out, they did get charged with AWOL and not desertion. That's originally what they had. And they received a general discharge. So they didn't get a dishonorable discharge. They just got let go. Well, yeah, they were able to work it out, basically. The brass was pissed, and they wanted to give them a much worse thing, but uh, they, they talked it out. But then uh, it also says, at least according to this article, quote, they also said they were out to destroy the Antichrist who planned to sneak aboard a UFO. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoa. So the name of their group was appropriate. I mean, they it were worried was. about this. <laughs> they were worried about the end of the world uh, as foretold in like revelations and in biblical end of the world, right? That is correct. Okay, now look, we're going to one last article and then we're going to end it for now. I think this is a full episode because there's way more to the story here that we're going to be able to cover. Agreed. Um, I, there's one of these, one of the people, one of the six, his name is Vance Davis, and he he came forward with some information that the AP covered in 1992, two years after all of this stuff went down. I'm going to read you some of this. Uh, The title is soldier gives as reason. He disappeared orders from Ouija board. Here's a quote from him. How ridiculous can you get? Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ. Why would he come in a flying saucer? No, says Davis. The reason they left their army intelligence post was quite simple. Ouija board spirits told them they were needed to help lead the world through an impending cataclysm. Hmm. Whoa. Hmm. Whoa. What? Ouija boards have done a lot, man, for affairs, both metaphysical and international, you know, like, uh, right. We talked about it before. Uh, and this is no ding on Hasbro, which is a great company. I just, I feel like a mass marketed game by Hasbro sold as a game uh may not be the number one way to to make contact with the divine the demonic or the dead or maybe hasbro's in on it bro maybe hasbro's in on it maybe it's an acronym (laughs) maybe it's an acronym (laughs) but but let me jump in here so this is roughly two years after the thing he's taught he's talking to a reporter he says that According to the Ouija board, race riots in Los Angeles were going to be a signal to the group to go public. So once we see that, we're going to tell everyone our story. The others will come forward one by one, depending on public reaction to what Davis says. These are his words. Davis says it all began innocently in November 1989. Quote, we decided to do some experimentation into things. We wanted to see if there was something actually to it. ESP, parapsychology, ghosts, tarot cards. Um, And they said they essentially didn't get anywhere until they tried a Ouija board. And he says, someone showed up. I'm talking spiritually. 
In the months that follow, Davis says several spirits talked to the group predicting the Gulf War and the 1990 Iran earthquake. And then in May, uh, they were trying to figure out a way to uh, essentially leave. Like some of them were thinking they may leave the military service and they couldn't really figure out a good way to do it. Um, and then apparently towards the end of May in that year, uh, they, they were told by whatever they were contacting or whatever they thought they were contacting that they needed to leave the service because it was not going to help them grow and become what they were supposed to become. So they were really given a mission to help get people through all of the craziness that was going to happen. And I'll tell you what they said was going to happen. Davis says the changes uh, include numerous earthquakes, volcano eruptions, a major eruption of Mount Rainer. Is that we've decided that was it, right? Mount Rainer in Washington state, the devastation of New York City by a gas leak, food and race riots in every major city that would lead to martial law and economic collapse. Okay, so that's, I mean, that's kind of your garden variety, end of the world sort of disaster mixtape. Oh, but I did come up with one. Ready? Holy announcements sent by real organisms. Hasbro. (laughs) That's pretty great. Holy in there. But, uh, you know, if you're anti-Ouija, you could call it hellish announcements sent by real organisms. There you go. There you go. Well, well, I'm, I'm going to leave it at this for now. Besides the fact that Davis said he was going to, the group would leave as all of this terrible stuff was happening. Then they would come back essentially to be the new leaders. Once the world is thrown into chaos, they come back to make things right again. Uh, fascinating stuff. It could be a situation where six people conspire to find a way to leave the government mm-hmm. and their their positions, and then have a story that's pretty out there to where maybe they wouldn't get in trouble because they could claim that it's a far out story and maybe they're not in the right of mind, perhaps who knows? That's my, that's me putting a spin on it. I don't know if any of that has anything to do with reality. Um, But there's also other stuff here. Maybe they were contacting some kind of thing, some kind of being that really was there. That really was a part of whatever that station was that research station where they were at. There are allegations all over the place when it comes to the story about the government being in contact with beings that are helping them in some way see the future very much in the way that these people believe this thing they contacted showed them the future. Really, really interesting stuff. There is a book that you can read on this. There are numerous interviews on Coast to Coast and in other places where where Davis and others spoke. I think we should cover it further in the future. I agree. Dig a little more into it because there's got to be more meat on these bones. Yeah. Hey, we might even have some of the uh, some of the folks from coast to coast on the show at some point. Uh, can you imagine the war stories that they will have for us? But yeah, this is this is fascinating. So I want to I want to thank you. I um, I say it without a lick of irony here uh, or humor. Oh, buddy, this story is a crazy <laughs> one. Oh, buddy, indeed. Thank you for sending that in. That was, that was really great. All right, we'll be back with another message from you. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then... 
you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life. And you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. And we have returned, as we said at the top of this week's segment. This is the part of the show that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Uh, We are delving into something that is both terrifying and real. And one thing that is, in addition to being real and terrifying, immensely depressed. Actually, you know what? This whole part is the downer part of the show. Uh, And it is all thanks to our fellow conspiracy realist, Tom, who called in recently with this. Hey, folks, this is Tom. Hearing reports from North Korea that claimed the country had zero COVID-19 deaths made me think back to the 1980s when Nikolai Kachescu made similar statements about his country of Romania being free of the AIDS epidemic. I remember the World Health Organization went into Romania after Kachescu was overthrown and executed, and that the WHO found orphanages or hospitals with children who had been infected with HIV from birth and the horrible conditions they existed in where the kids were unused to being held and cared for and that they had problems acclimating themselves to human touch. 
I was hoping you could follow up on the lives of the survivors, if any exist, or speak of the dangers of countries sweeping victims under the rug during epidemics as part of their propaganda. Uh, if that seems too dark or sad, I'd love for you folks to do a piece on Pentagon Project uh, 100,000 from back in the 1960s. Thanks again. This is Tom. Bye. Thanks so much, Tom. This uh, I, I massively appreciate this call because it's something that I think a lot of uh, people, especially younger people in the West, are not aware of. Yes, during the time that Romania was a dictatorship, a communist dictatorship particularly, uh, some crazy, crazy, horrific things happened because of what was called a natalist policy. Abortion and contraception were forbidden in the country because the dictator, Nicolae Ceausescu, uh, believed that unrestricted population growth would naturally one-to-one lead to economic growth. And so back in 66, he issued something called Decree 770, which banned abortion in all and any cases, including sexual assaults, unless the mother was over 40 years of age or already had born four children or was currently caring for four children. So predictably, birth rates rise. They turn up the economic heat later by instituting special taxes for people who didn't have children. And uh, these this resulted in tons of births uh, with tons of children being abandoned in orphanages that were also occupied by people with disabilities, by people with mental illness. HIV comes into play here uh, when we consider the very low standards of cleanliness and care. I mean, we. this is one of those episodes that I feel has to be an episode because this dictator and his followers and his underlings and his collaborators were very much participating in a conspiracy that has traceable, real consequences, even in the modern day. So these kids, um, you know, were not receiving things like human contact during their formative years. Uh, they were not receiving nutrition. There were often, you know, cases of terrible abuse. And then uh, unsterilized instruments led to the transmission of HIV and other diseases, other infections. About half a million kids survived what were would later be called Romania's slaughterhouse of souls. Before we continue, had you guys heard of this before, Tom? No. Yeah, this is uh, it's my first run into it for sure. Um, there's a Guardian article that you that you posted here, Ben, and I was kind of making my way through it. It's um, it's really rough. It's it's interesting to see some of you know the children who are now a little older being able to speak about their experiences. Yeah, agreed. And of course, you know, the most important people, I think, in this story are the victims, right? The survivors. The dictator was executed. But just I'd like to give you an example of the kind of things that happened to these completely innocent children. There there was this culture of violence used to control the children, because, of course, there are many more children than there are caregivers, 
Uh, there's one story about a night supervisor in an orphanage who caught some fifth graders arguing in their dorm room. And so as punishment, he ordered them to hit each other uh, and forced them to fight. There was a news story here in the U.S. Uh, a number, a year, a number of years ago uh, about daycare centers doing some of the same things. The thing with the daycare center is that, horrible as that may be, those children were able to leave at night. Uh, the staff was of these Romanian orphanages was beating everybody and then ordering larger children to hit smaller children. Uh, the the survivors of these orphanages, if you'd like to learn more about them, uh, created an association called Federei, uh, F-E-D-E-R-E-I-I. That is a Romanian epithet used for orphans that stems from a local term for a garbage dump. And the the survivors and their allies and various NGOs are pushing Romanian authorities to admit to and apologize for this, uh, the victimization of these estimated 500,000 children uh, before the end of the Cold War. So yes, Tom, there, there are survivors, and we think it is uh, worthwhile and important to make this a full episode uh, because, again, it, like it's a story that I was not aware of Matt, you know, we're talking about this a little off air. I was not aware of outside of some horror stories I had read, like fictional horror stories. Uh, fi- uh, horror fans, you'll remember, I'm sure, this series of books that came out that were called like the ultimate something. It's like the ultimate werewolf, the ultimate vampire, the ultimate zombie kind of thing, you know. Uh, and they had some great stories in these anthologies. And there's one in the ultimate vampire that takes place like in Romania as it's crumbling and it's about these orphanages and I don't want to spoil uh, the story but it was horrific enough that I simply assumed this was a particularly imaginative and macabre author. I was incorrect in this assumption uh, because I you know I went to the library and found out that yes this did happen it just didn't get a, a lot of reporting until I think in the west uh, 2020 uh, segment that ran in the 1990s. These people are, you know, a lot of these people are very much alive and struggling uh, with the lifelong consequences of this. Tom gave us a bait and switch as well, which I thought was, I thought was interesting, Tom. I had to have a little bit of a gallows humor chuckle with you um, vicariously because you guys heard that at the very end where Tom says, if this is too dark, uh, for if this is too dark for the show, then I have another idea. Please look into Project 100,000. Project 100,000 is another thing that I had never, I, I had like not heard of. This one, I had no idea. I thought it might be one of those things like the bat bomb or let's make, let's try to make cat spies or let's put, you know, uh, submarine gear on a dolphin and just see what it can get into, <laughs> right? This is not yeah. what Project 100,000 is. No, it's not. I believe, what did you refer to it as in, in the outline, Ben? FUBAR? Yes. Yeah, we're doing a lot of military acronyms today. Uh, yes. Yeah, the <laughs> Project 100,000 is, is kind of FUBAR. It was initiated by Defense Secretary Robert McNamara in the mid-60s because the 
Uncle Sam was in trouble in Vietnam. They didn't have enough manpower. They didn't have enough boots in the ground. They didn't have enough people to send out to maybe die. And so what he did with this was to recruit soldiers, to lower the recruiting standards of soldiers. So people who were not able to satisfy, in particular, uh, mental standards, like uh, cognitive standards, were now accepted. They were sent off to die, which is a very dark context in which to consider Forrest Gump. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I was thinking about with Forrest and some of the men that he was serving with. Huh. Yeah. And so fictionally, of course. Right. <laughs> so this had happened in other wars and in the U.S. as well, uh, because people who scored lower in certain percentiles of mental aptitude tests, as they would be called, still got into service in World War II. But this eventually led to a like a legal, a hard legal floor. Your, your IQ had to be 80 to enlist. And of course, there are there's a multitude of problems with the IQ test anyway, as it stands then and as it stands now. You can't really measure something that you yourself cannot define or understand. We have a very poor understanding of what intelligence is in general. But yes, it is true. Uh, it is unfortunately very true. And these people who were uh, affected by Project 100,000 they still had to carry a lot of the same after post-service burdens that other veterans carry, you know, higher rates of divorce, higher rates of unemployment. Uh, they're also going to have, you know, uh, higher rates or lower rates of income and stuff. It's just a very, it's a very messed up experiment. And, and really, it's, it can be, experts have described it as a failed experiment and it and it was of little benefit to the people that it was maybe intended to help if you want to say recruiting them in the army was intended to help so don't think we didn't notice tom that is an equally uh that is an equally troubling thing and I, i'm wondering if that that is an episode as well but speaking of episodes. This is the end of this week's listener mail. Thank you so much, Lean Bean. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you so much, Tom. And thank you to everybody else who takes the time to give us a call, who takes the time to write us a line. Uh, and thanks to everyone who endeavors to find us on the internet. If you want to take a page from your fellow conspiracy realist book, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we try to be easy to find. That's right. You can find us on the usual social media platforms of note, your Facebooks, uh, your Twitters, where we are Conspiracy Stuff. Uh, it's Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram. Um, do us a solid. Leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it helps people discover the show, and it makes us uh, you know, feel nice in our, our little hearts. Uh, you can also join our Facebook group. Here's where it gets crazy and get in on the fun of uh, conversing with your fellow conspiracy realists. That's right. Don't forget to check out the old YouTube channel, youtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. You can see all of our old videos, all the archives there. You can also check out newer videos of these conversations, and they are well worth your time. We'd recommend it right now. Subscribe and tell your friends, and 
What are the other things you do on YouTube? Uh, I think if you subscribe and you have to click something else now to make sure you're notified, I'm not really sure how it works, but check it out. You'll see for yourselves. If you don't want to do that, you can give us a phone call. We are one eight three three stdwytk 3 minutes, 3 minutes, they belong to you. Uh, people say time isn't free, but in this case, it is. Uh, let us know what's on your mind. If three minutes feels tricky, we've got a couple ways to help out with that. Just tell us your name, bonus points for a kick-ass nickname. Tell us what you're thinking about, whether a reaction to something you've heard earlier or even better, uh, an idea for a new topic to cover in an episode in the future. If there's something you want to just tell us, but you don't feel comfortable sharing with the world and Illumination Global Unlimited, that's fine. Just let us know at the end of the message. And most, most importantly, don't feel like you have to censor yourself. Don't feel like you have to edit yourself. If you have a story or you have an idea that's going to take more than three minutes, then just write it down. Write it down, send it to us. Um, we read every email we get and appreciate every single one, even if sometimes I'm confused by them. So, <laughs> so you're saying, okay, I am champing at the bit, and it is champing, not chomping, by the way, uh, to write to you. How do I do it? Well, you do it by heading over to your email thigamajig of choice and sending us a line where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.